Hello everyone, this is Hannah, your host, and you are listening to the Success is Routine podcast. Our show is on a mission to talk to leaders in life and business that have achieved success and to learn what their routine is. If you are ready to create your routine to success, you're in the right place. Now, let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Success is Routine podcast. I am so excited to have Paul Gunn Jr. on with us today to share a little bit about his routine. So Paul is the founder of QA Corporation, working with military contracts, and he will share a little bit more about his story. But welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know you've been on the ink list as well, and that's how we kind of connected through there. So share a little bit with me about your background, your story. Did you always have a routine in your life that kind of helped with what you did? Or like growing up, what was it like for you? And what was your story? And how did you get into, you know, QOG Corporations? That's a great question. And uh, we had kind of a real loving family. Our parents really wanted to instill in us process and discipline. So a lot of that stemmed from our father wanting to wake up early in the morning, pay attention to those things that are going on, and and set a routine between making the bed, making sure to eat, and then being prepared to come down and ready for him to drive us to school. And a lot of those times in the morning, those drives to school were kind of like where he says he dropped a lot of information and bonding time with us. So Part of that routine was to make sure we were set up to be in that car with him. I guess looking back on it, it was his father's son times with my brother and uh, and that kind of stemmed over making sure and through college and through school, I cared getting up in the morning and setting a routine. But yeah, as a kid, when you grow up, you see your parents, they say, hey, there's one thing, but it wasn't until I started to get through and see how other people in the work environment did it, and I had the chance to have kind of an off-the-record mentor in my 20s who was self-made, no-named, with nine-figure wealth. And when I saw how this person utilized that routine, almost identical to how our father set it up with us, it just, mm-hmm. I had an epiphany say, hey, look, this is the same 24 hours we all have. There's no difference. He came from nothing, and then he, and he ascended to the top to where he was utilizing those same patterns and routines, and I adopted it. And my and in that process, I found my flow was from four to seven. If I could wake up in the morning by four, sleep, have my prayers, meditation, eat, go to the gym, and I was at work doing what I needed to do. By that hour, hour and a half before everybody else woke up, I basically knocked out a ton of work by mm-hmm. eight o'clock, and it was basically posting from there from those early morning hours, taking the time from my mind, body, and so I mean, it may sound cliche, but that really had an impact on me because I saw someone who ascended to so much success using mm-hmm. the same things we were taught growing up. Yeah, that's incredible. And just like one thing that goes through my mind is as a kid, how much did you resist that routine? Like getting well, up was- early and things like that. Because I know as a kid, like me waking up early was not happening. <laughs> like- <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I might, I've always been in an early morning person. It was, mm-hmm. and then going to sleep. It was more that was it. We had the time for the homework and the eating because we had a hard early bedtime. So 
when the nights were longer, when we had to stay up to do homework, it made the morning more difficult. And as he was trying to press, go to bed early, get your work and get up early and get the task done in the morning. So a lot of that was, I didn't resist it so much. My brother may have a different feed <laughs> setting so about that, but me, I've naturally been an early morning riser. So I recognize that that's been helpful and to utilize that good energy because that would show itself during the collegiate years where my morning classes, I had to put the more difficult ones in the morning where when I first would go to college, I'd put those difficult ones in the afternoon just because of the scheduling of where they were. And I noticed the tail off that that's just was not my best time. After lunch was not good for me. So I had to realize through trial and error, even in college, that the bulk of my energy is able to be spent before noon. And it preferably had to be done in the morning. So in college, I'd wake up, get the homework done, get that work done before I even went to class. Yeah, I love that you figured out what time was like your zone of genius. And it's really interesting to hear that you said your brother did not like to wake up early because I know when we talked previously, yeah. he joined the military. You did not necessarily. Yes. And in the military, they're waking up early. So it's very interesting how those two paths uh, kind of went there for you. And that also kind of brings me into, so your company is working with military contracts. So how did that kind of, you know, how did your routine lead into being able to create this highly successful company? That's a great question. Well, you know, my brother went into the military after the towers were down. I actually tried to go in as well. I didn't even know you were able to be denied for basically plantar fasciitis, but th somehow that's where I was. When he went, my brother and I are really close, so he spent his time there. I went other places. And when he got out, my dad was a former auditor with the government, and he just made a suggestion. I had seen my brother and the, the time he was over there for four years. Today, had you and your brother ever considered starting a business together? And I jumped at it since we were so close. So we started that from nothing. We basically had a vanity set that my dad said loaned and an old laptop my brother had, and we formed a company and got that first company on Inc's list and then sold it and went separate ways. I continued doing that while he went off and is then still in logistics hauling freight. And I just wanted to continue doing this. Yeah. And it's something that we'd probably have to have a later conversation because I have so many questions of the business relationship and things like that too. So I think that's really cool that you work together and just like, you know, the routine of working together with somebody that you know his family isn't always hard easy so it's really interesting to hear how Ian's connected started that business together and worked together so well to get onto the Inc. 500 list but that was interesting my brother my dad and we were Joe he he's left-handed my brother's left-handed so we were very close growing up we went through a lot of rough things together and I always say adversity brings people together either learn or you fall apart in our adversity together he's my younger brother and I always looked out for him and having that time missed when he was overseas daily wondering, is he going to come back home for four years? I understand that's what warriors do. They go over there, they risk their lives. But as his brother, I missed it. And I was like, oh, when is he going to get home? So when we finally had that time to make up for this time when I'm over there, we're, we soaked it up. And what I miss, he complimented well. He would see it from a left side brain. 
and he would always basically have my back. I was more of a visionary. He was more of the operations. So he basically made sure that I could go out and long range think what those things were. So if something was missed in a contract, he said, hey, had you looked at this page, it's not really pointing out. And then he would give me basically how military people were thinking, what it meant, how important it was for something. And it just furthered my passion because part of my passion was I missed my brother when he was gone and, and wanting to always ensure, does he have what he needs? Does, are they getting the items that are important to them? So. Yes, it may not save his life, but at least he has a better chance of doing it. So when I would get kind of information from his side, it furthered that passion. Say, now I understand what this means when these have to be here a certain time or a certain day. It always was important, but it just gave new meaning to it. So there was a huge complimentary. So I would go in in the morning, I would do those things. And when it came time to flow and say, to him, hey, look, this is what's been done while you were sleeping. And he would come mm-hmm. in and say, oh, yeah, these, tweak a few things here and then go out. So he would come in maybe 10, 10.30, but I got a lot of the work done. So it just messed real well. And when he would, when I would need to take a break, he would hand it over and then I'd go into the evening, kind of back into the flow, preparing for the next morning. Mm-hmm. So whatever gap I had, he covered. I love that. I love it. It was like a yin and yang or puzzle pieces that fit perfectly together. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your routine though. You woke up, you get up morning, 4 a.m. Yes. Like you told me, you're mostly done with your work by 7 a.m. when you're doing that morning routine. So what did that 4 to 7 a.m. look like? What was the thing that started your day that really helped you establish like how your day was going to go? So I, I was, it was real critical. I tried to choose when I first tried to start getting up at 4 a.m. It was difficult because I was going to bed at nine and I would go at that time I was doing two a day workouts of CrossFit. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just take my time and ease into the evening. But I realized quickly I had to be in bed at eight o'clock and that was important. So eight o'clock, I'd not, I would set that alarm before a.m. And after about that first week, going to sleep at 8 p.m., I naturally was waking up five or 10 minutes before the clock at four. So I got to the point where I didn't even want to hear the alarm go off for four. So I'd sit there for the 10 minutes and just calmly think, just loosely, not about anything, just my, I'd let my mind run. And then at 4 a.m., I'd wake up, I'd have my prayer, I'd be thankful for the things that you know, happened in the night or the day before and just start to think what I needed to do. And then I'd read a few passages of the Bible and any other motivational piece that needed to be for 15 minutes. I'd get up and I would go to the gym on an empty stomach, go work Mm -hmm. out for an hour, come back, eat breakfast, and then outline what were the three major things that I needed to do in that day that were absolutely critical, that if I got them done before seven, it would smooth out the day. Now, that may have meant looking at who or what big contract was coming out, what was going on in the world that may affect those type of orders or affect the war fighters or just be something that could cause a national crisis I needed to be mindful of. That was absolutely critical because I didn't know how that urgency was going to affect that day. So I wanted to get myself prepared for that too. What two new vendors could I contact that I could help? Whether that news that was important that I was hearing that would benefit them. And then in the same context, what news or two vendors 
could that hurt that I could give information that may not be aware? And then I'd go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's incredible that you were looking at the news and planning how to help those strategic connections you had. Yes. And to strengthen that relationship. So your mornings were even spent, you know, strengthening relationships you had or building new ones that can be formed out of what's going on since, you know, the military is so impacted by what's going around the world, not just, you know, maybe at home, like some things are. So I think that's really awesome that you were doing all those different things and strategically thinking of all those things. That is extremely impressive. (laughs) And I'm glad that you're helping our military. So, all right. So 4 a.m. to 7. And so after 7, would you kind of go into like walk away from work and go into home life or would you still be working? No, so I made sure I put the crutch, I mean, like absolutely critical. These are orders that had to get out in between us. So in contacting those people, there were orders, there were pipeline stuff I knew I needed to go. So I would say, okay, these orders have to go out. These things have to be invoices. These people have to be contacted. I need to prepare either type of proposals or written documents for whatever my brother came in. And then once I knew those crutches of the heaviness was gone, I would spend that 7 to 10 a.m reading a lot of different articles. It wasn't just news articles. It was cross industry domains. I would read stuff. How does things affect a flower shop? What is the water? Like what is the water flow and those different things having to do with energy and what's going on in that industry that I would then reach out and say, Hey, what, what does this mean? I was seeking to make connections and looking to find missing gaps if there's any overlap into the critical Mm -hmm. news. So I was curious about other industries and what may be going on with that. So I was also watching the news and reading articles about how what's indirectly not being told from public Mm -hmm. news that's just not taken at face value. I was looking for the missing gaps to reach. So from from 7 to 10, it was reading on so many different things to become well-versed. And what moment this news, if it's going to come in and shift, is it going to shift into an industry I don't know anything about that I better be prepared for? Or is it going to change and create new something from the people I am making kind of? So yes, I was thinking military, but I was also thinking commercially how it all is intertwined together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how I would love to be like a fly on your wall just to see this process going out because it's just so incredible how like your mind is working in so many ways to look at these pieces and i love that to be able to like and i'm like sitting here thinking how do i implement this into my business which is marketing to be able to looking at advances because we are nowhere near as like life-changing as military operations are however marketing is changing so frequently and there's there's so many social media platforms out there so i think it's really interesting hearing how you're able to take in all this media and then turn it out into how's this going to help my partners? How's this going to help the business grow and things like that? So was it, where did you like kind of learn that from? Was it something that just kind of came naturally to you or were you taught that? I know you said you had the mentor. Was it something they had shown you? So my dad, he's naturally a teacher. I was, I would say all gifted on having a loving dad. That was his gift. He was a teacher. So how we learned about this industry he didn't tell us. He basically said, if you want to go do this, here it is. Now go do it. So he was testing essentially how much we wanted to know. And what he did was, once you learned and had the question, 
then he would come because now you put in your sweat equity to say now he could come help and give you that advice but he wasn't just going to tell you he's like i can't tell you how to do this you have to learn the master so that's how he raised us as teaching figure it out on your own and then if you got a question bring it so there was a natural curiosity to so many things for example i heard you mention about marketing what mm -hmm. i learned in that process there were credible ways that marketing platforms were done or sources that would i would glean onto that had more kind of valid points and information or branding or marketing that would stand out and at that time I made a relationship with a who was selling marketing and doing that and that's when the downturn of 0908 happened so the lady reached i said well it's a downturn what's i don't think it's wise for me to go in and do this mm -hmm. and he gave me some insights i went in and i placed the ads in the strategic place and doing that what i learned later was that other people pull back in those times when the strategic thing to do is to overflow in there now that was a strategic move for us to do so it i value like if you can get the right marketing team if you can say the right thing and do it in a way that's not over the top it is absolutely critical and i learned that from watching the different media outlets and what people were doing and how they were saying to attract people in that process so that natural curiosity was sparked from seeing that i like looking at ads mm -hmm. a lot that's what i was saying when i was a kid i used to love watching like black friday ads more than the actual tv because they were just so interesting to see the different things that were happening but you know that was a crucial point you said right there a lot of people pull out of marketing yep. during a recession yep. and it's one of the worst things you can do which sounds like counterintuitive because everybody else is pulling out too. And so if yes. you stay in, you're going to be able to, to outperform them because nobody yes. else, your competition goes down. And then also when that recession comes out, you now have a stronger foothold than all yes. your competition had. And so I'm like, yes, spot on. <laughs> so okay. um, what I wanted to talk to you about next was how that changed. Cause people are listening here are probably like, Hey, I have kids. I cannot wake up before a.m am to seven and you shared with me you have kids and everything yeah. kind of changed when that happened so talk to us a little bit about how that changed when you had kids and how 4 a.m to 7 no longer was just your time anymore oh uh, like, so i would say i'm die hard my flow is from four to seven it still is from four to seven though so mm -hmm. when we first had kids i would laugh and say hey my flow hours are spent on dad duty, changing diapers, burping, being bottles. So in my best hours, I'm doing dad stuff. Hey, it's an intangible wealth. Uh, you're never going to be able to get that time back. But I noticed it did. It took me a very long time. I'm admittingly so. The first five years of this business, it was extremely difficult because my flow time was just, it was natural. It was, an, I didn't even have to think of it at that point. I had been doing it since 2008. It was just natural to me. And I had that very difficult where I would put them down and I would struggle after the set. I was so exhausted from no sleep. So I, first I would try to just do the big things and I was tired. I couldn't get them done. Then I would try to do the small things. I couldn't get them done because the bigger stuff started to snowball. So at that time, my first inclination I started to realize, hey, once I got them down at night, I had to invert the entire process. I had to put the big things down at night. So when he was newborn and we were doing it, I was doing the big chunk at night. So I had to, at that point, say I had to just look 
at the most critical stuff that I could do and muster the energy and get that done. So I would get those done. And then at the very midnight hours, I would read what I used to read in the morning. And if I had to wake up early, then I would do kind of the admin stuff before the 4 a.m. because I knew before the 7, I was dealing with him. And then after 7 a.m., I would go to the gym and do the different walks. So from 10 to noon is back when I was doing kind of the more light work, reading on advertising, reading on those different things that intertwine between military news and between different domains. But it was difficult. I recently just now moved to coming more stone and solid in terms of taking that time when I get them up and get them to school to go work on my body and mind and then get into the heavy stuff. So now kind of the heavy stuff is in between right before lunch and after, even though that's still not my best time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you talked about kind of like more time blocking with the big change that you had too. Well, and I did because at first I was like, oh, I had this easy. It was simple. I'm just, I'm just doing dad stuff. And when I blocked my time, I, I had a month eye opening moment realizing I'm essentially doing more things with him because we didn't have him in daycare at that time. So most of my day was spent dealing with him. Both my wife and I do run different companies. So we were, we kind of shared at different times. And it just, it got to the point where I had to look it down. When I put it on paper, I was doing more, more with him than I was work. And when I blocked out time and was able to say, hey, this is family time, this is dad time, this is making sure the kids are good, then I was able to hold in and really focus, hey, I've got three hours uninterrupted to get all this. So I had to force myself at that point to break that, nature of having a four to seven a.m. flow and cram it in. So my mind saw the three hour block and I was Mm -hmm. able to muster the energy to count that as this is just going to be my flow. So when I put it in three hour blocks, I was able to kind of do a little better. It's still not the best of my flow that four to seven still is, but the three hour block, I feel like it mind tricked me to getting the things done I need to get done. I love that. I hope um, when he's older, he listens to this and goes, I got dad's best time. Dad duty became his best time. And that was me. (laughs) Cause I love that. So talk to me real quick. Just so having to move your time where you're doing stuff later, was it hard to stick to that? It was, it was, it was tired. I was, my mental power is best. It had always been, it was like that from a kid. It was like that in the house. It was like that in college three, that four to seven, I could do stuff in my sleep. I would have four or five springs. Of, I could, it felt like I could do. I know science is just you're not able to do it all at once, but it felt like I was able to just get so much done. And then when I later realized, hey, I'm getting all of that done in a three-hour block. Some way I've got to fix my body to get this work done in three hours because if that's three hours of flow, if I get those two, three-hour blocks, at least I'm getting those three hours over a six-hour block broken out in three hours. And then what, that's what helped me. Instead of just trying to say, hey, I'm going to take a 10-minute break, do it here, that didn't work. It, may, it always threw me off. I didn't go where I needed to go, and I would just run loose because I would do 10 minutes of difficult work, then I'd get on reading articles, and I'd spend an hour, two hours reading, and then go back to the important work. 
but the mm-hmm. time blocking did it for me to make it a little easier. What helped us stick? Like what helped you like stay to that routine of those three hour blocks when it first started? When we started to actually, when I was able to manage the quick growth, because the, after the first company, we sold it. And then I was seeing how quick the second company could get up and running. I, I realized that three hour block was working to acquire the work and to be able to sustain or at least maintain it during those times. So it was proof that was in the work done and acquired. And what I learned that time, when he was four to seven, I focused mainly on East Coast customers. I didn't really worry about the West Coast. I was like, hey, I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. I don't want to be bothered with having a customer deal with me when I'm trying to go to bed. But having flipped that, it was also a blessing in disguise because then I started to focus on West Coast customers Say, I knew I was going to be up in the middle of the night. And doing that allowed us to grow twice as fast. So that was the blessing. And I was able to deal with kind of them because it was towards the end of their day as well, or or late afternoon. So they were more in a relaxed setting and being able to communicate and deal with them. Then that let me know, hey, I could do this. I could focus the first three-hour block for the East Coast, and I could focus the second-hour block in the evening for the West Coast. Awesome. That's incredible that you found that opportunity in yeah. a shift that had to, that was forced into your life in a way. Um, but let's talk about success a little bit. So how do you define success and kind of, you know, how can you relate the success you've had and what success have you had, if you want to share, back to your routine? The way I describe success is more in, in the spiritual sense of what you do to impact in an internal magnitude and for me i consider that i'm a vessel and whatever this vessel is to outpour the intangible wealth into others so if this by what i'm doing for the passion of what i love to do helps bring in resources to continue to fuel charities and other different things that we're working on to help people that i consider that a success that whatever i'm doing that i work on myself internally so that Others can see a blessing either through me or having come in contact. Yes, I've been patient. I've been my, my fair share. The intent is that I solidify myself and the people we work with and the company itself to be a hard shell to overflow into others so that this success is more for the intangible wealth put in others than it is tangibly. And our father essentially raised us that way. You can have all the money in the world. If you're not making an impact or a light on other people, then it's pointless. And that's kind of the mantra we live to. And I feel that success in that routine is anchored in making sure you spend time to work on yourself so that when your day starts, you're in the right mindset to be that way. And you're looking out for those moments that may not have to do anything at all with business, but using business as a tool to impact someone intangibly for an eternal group yeah no i love that it's you know creating that balance in you to be able to do better for the the world really not just your self-growth but you know everyone around you too so i love that thank you for sharing that like success that you know and how you look at success differently like that i have two questions i want to make sure that i respect your time so two questions for you before we get going one is 
if somebody is listening to this right now and they do not have that routine established in their life, you know, they didn't have your father telling them, wake up in the morning, giving them these things, no mentor. What is that thing they can kind of start doing tomorrow to get them into that routine? That's a great question. I feel (laughs) having seen how my brother is, having seen how my wife is, having seen my dad, mom, all each person, there's a natural tendency to where the person feels comfortable. I don't know it. This person may know it. That where they just feel at ease and everything just flows. Like, for example, my wife, she, hers, I always joke and say, it's from like 10 to 1. There's a natural flow where she just gets things done. My brother's is probably from noon to about 4. And if you take a kind of self-reflecting look, what is that time that's good for you? Look at that and start there. Now, if it's not, having gone through kids, I would say if your time is not and it overlaps with kids, then how can you break those three hours into six hours and split them in a time where they're either at school or before school or in the evening? But fine, start with the centerpiece on what's naturally comfortable for you. Then look to split those equivalent hours out over two three-hour sets and start. And if you can't get three-hour sets, turn hour and a half set. But that is one of the biggest things I learned from going prior to kids to after kids. I had to basically, to the second power, the first three sets an hour. So find what's naturally there and use that as the boilerplate. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul, for not telling us all to wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> no. It's just, it just won't, it, it just won't work. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm glad that you're telling people to really look at what is their best time and yeah. capitalizing essentially on their time to do yeah. the things that are the most important for them. And then if they can't, to time block it into creating those different yeah. things. So my second question is, you know, what book would you recommend somebody read for either personal development, business development, maybe an autobiography? What was the most impactful thing that you've read? And it might not even be a book. It could be like, maybe this is the article they should go to. So what's that thing that somebody should read? There's two things. There's two impactful books. I'm going to there's two books that were impactful on me. So how to win friends and influence people and and then extreme ownership. And the reason I like these two, extreme ownership I read right when the pandemic happened because I wanted to understand and that's when I was having real difficulty with my schedule, with the, just him being young, and seeing how the Navy SEALs they're trained and they're just they're up and they're doing it. When Jago and A4 explaining in there, take that extreme ownership of yourself, and I would see how they were trained. They would walk into the different companies and speak with them, being kindness to get these people to move on stuff that they did not want to do. So I saw that strip. I took away from that they they were using empathy and kindness, which resonated well with me, but two, how well they were trained to overlap that into their working environment and to take ownership all the way of, hey, I wasn't doing what I needed to do. I can't blame that a son wants to wake up and he wants my time at what I felt was my best time. So I took that influence and that reading and said, I'm going to hold my time and let me go and really make a better use of this. And then how to win friends and influence people take this and however I can live my life from the schedule 
and live a life that's impactful to influence others for greater good. So those two were really impactful. But extreme, extreme ownership really put me in a mental framework to say I need to hold my time and just not let it go by willy-nilly. Yeah, awesome. I will definitely check out. I've heard of the first one, but I'll check out the second one too, Extreme Ownership, um, and put them on my list. Well, thank you so much, Paula, for joining. Thank you for sharing your routine and the changes you've gone through and the success for it. Um, I've loved, loved having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Success is Routine podcast. If you found value in this episode, share it with a friend. Episodes go live weekly on Sunday at 8 a.m. Start your week with the right routine. Like, follow, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening. Join the Success is Routine movement and get exclusive downloads and content from the guests. Go to www.successisroutine.com and follow the conversation there or on social media. Until next time, remember. So when I put it in three-hour blocks, I was able to kind of do a little better. It's still not the best of my flow. That 47 still is, but the three-hour block, I feel like it mind-tricked me getting the things done I need to get done. Outline what were the three major things that I needed to do in that day that were absolutely critical that if I got them done before seven, it would smooth out the day. The way I describe success is more in, in the spiritual sense of what you do to impact in an internal magnitude. And for me, I consider that I'm a vessel and whatever this vessel is to outpour intangible wealth into others. 